0: So, I'm ready whenever you are.
1: I'm ready whenever you are.
0: I'm ready whenever you are. (laughs) All right, go ahead and kick it off. I've been recording for like the last ten seconds.
1: (laughs) Hello, you demented little darlings. Welcome back to Serial Killers and Chill. We are so glad that we have you here listening right now. As always, we are your hosts, Tara. And Bambi. <laughs> and today we've got a touch of a mini podcast that Bambi's going to be taking over today. Want to tell us what we got?
0: Well, I don't really want to tell you what we got because it kind of starts off with a little mini, mini story that gives it away. But for those of you that are listening at home, we're going to do this a little bit differently. Instead of Tara and I telling each other a story, you know, or telling you guys a story, I'm going to tell Tara a story on these little mini podcasts, and then she'll just kind of react along with it. And so it'll kind of be like you guys are all, you know, you're all part of the audience, and I'm I'm explaining it to you. Um, So, Tara, whenever you're ready, we'll start off with a a little mini story that takes us back to 1996. Teach me. All right. So uh, back in 1996, a gentleman by the name of Terry Sherman was actually walking his dogs late one night on their Utah ranch when he encountered a wolf that was about three times the size of a normal one. It had big glowing red eyes. It was actually unfazed by three shots that that Sherman fired at the creature uh, at close range. They had lived on the ranch for about 18 months and had a bunch of weird, strange, crazy things happening to them. But at the end of the 18 months, they ended up selling it very shortly after that event that happened. Um, Several other new owners bought the property and had a lot of same experiences or very eerily similar encounters with these creatures. And even today, the ranch itself is a hub for the paranormal. The name of the ranch is actually called Skinwalker Ranch. And that's actually what we're going to be talking about today. The Navajo skinwalkers.
1: Ooh. All right.
0: So, so a skinwalker is a harmful witch that can be dis- that can disguise itself or disguises themselves as any animals. The term skinwalker actually comes from a Navajo word. And I'm probably going to absolutely slaughter this here. The yi naladoshi. Or ni, uh, yi naladoshi. Now, the dashi, it literally just translates to, it goes on all fours. It's, yeah. Okay. So, the pep, the Pueblos, the the pe I can't pronounce their names. The, <laughs> Pueblo. Thank you. The Pueblo, <laughs> the Apache, and the Hopi peoples actually have their own legends about these creatures as well, too. Uh, some of the tribes actually believe that the Skinwalker is born of a benevolent medicine man who abuses local magic for evil. The medicine man is then given a mythical power of evil that kind of varies from lore to lore Uh, the one thing that they actually have in common is that they have the ability to turn into or possess animals or people yeah so i I think you guys can kind of see where we're coming with this the navajo are actually very very tight-lipped about their lores, especially with outsiders and even within their own communities And because of their uh, tight-lippedness, I I really wasn't able to view a lot of why they're so tight-lipped. But I I think it's one of those things where, you know, as as the white man introduced themselves, you know, to the Navajos, uh, we pretty much were dicks. And so when, you know, we started to be real dickish about a lot of dicky things... You know you, you don't really want to talk to your you don't really want to tell your stories and stuff like that to you know someone who's a dick you know it's kind of like that south park episode yeah was you know oh scott he's a dick yeah you want to hang out oh. with scott <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i i think that's that's one of the reasons why they're so tight-lipped about everything is because we're dicks um the few things that are known about this is that they are more animal than they are person in terms of their appearance, no matter what form they take, and they're near impossible to kill except with a bullet or a knife dipped in white ash.
1: Why white ash?
0: I really couldn't find anything about that, but I think it oh. has I think it has because uh, I know that with a lot of the Native American tribes, they have that kind. Of, it's kind of like a. It's kind of like one, uh, you know. There's a lot of things that they that they, you know, like with the peace pipes where they would smoke marijuana or hash, you know, and it would be the peace pipe. Well, obviously for its medicinal remedy, you smoke pot, you get a little chillaxed, you know. It's a peace pipe. So mm, I think that, okay, I think that with white ash, it, it was one of those healing properties that you know they would mix like charcoal and stuff like that, uh, you know, with a lot of their medications. And so when they mix things with herbs and medications charcoal may be seen as kind of a cleansing agent because, I mean, hell, it's used to filter our water. Yeah. You know, so you're, you're cleansing the evil from within as well as, you know, stabbing or killing somebody. <laughs> it's gonna,
1: okay.
0: Yeah. So we're going to actually venture back to Terry Smith. He actually had many strange encounters that led up to that one encounter that we we're talking about in 1996 with a possible skinwalker. There was a night that Terry was actually walking his dogs from about 25 feet away, he heard a voice that was speaking the language he didn't recognize. All while his dogs were barking, they were losing their absolute minds. And then for some reason, the dogs just ran back to the house. Uh, you know, he had a lot of, there were cow mutilations, there were UFO sightings at the ranch. And Terry and his wife, Gwen, finally said, you know, all right, we're done with it. And they left. So a paranormal enthusiast by the name of Robert Bigelow actually bought the ranch for $200,000 in 1996. And on March 12th of 1997, there was actually another sighting of a skinwalker that was done by one of the individuals working at this ranch called, uh, by uh, the individual that saw it, His, their name was Dr. Colm Ke- Keeler? Keller. I'm not really 100% sure how to pronounce it. But uh, Dr. Keeler actually in his book called Hunt for the Skinwalker, uh, wrote that the creature was 20 feet off the ground and 50 feet away. The large creature lay motionless, almost ca- casually in a tree. The only indication of the beast's presence was that it was the penetrating yellow, eye, yellow light of the unblinking eyes as they sta- stared fixatedly back into the light. So I guess they, they were out doing something. And uh, he actually fired at the creature as well, too. It fled, but it left a large imprint on the ground uh, with what looked like claw marks that were described by Dr. Keeler Keller as bird-of-prey-like, maybe even a raptor print, but huge, and from the, how deep they were, he could tell that it was a very heavy creature. Ooh. Yep. Uh, that actual, the actually the morning, uh, or like the afternoon, uh, before dr keeler found this they had just tagged a cattle or a calf and then the calf was killed in broad daylight it had a big hole in it was a big hole in it that was empty and there was no blood around it or in it
1: oh so this like it's not like nighttime active or nocturnal that's the word like it'll do this during the day too
0: yeah, uh, that that was it was one of the one of the more notable events that happened but apparently they just tagged a calf, let it out into pasture and then like like an hour or two later they went out there and there's just this calf with a huge hole in its, you know, in its body and it's empty and there's no blood around it whatsoever.
1: That is a feat. <laughs>
0: So, you know, a lot of people, if you haven't already figured out what we're talking about, a lot of you know, probably a lot of you are talking, well, how does this tie into serial killers? Well, there are actually many killers in history that have attributed their works to what we as Americans or what we in, you know, uh, in the Americas refer to as werewolves. Uh, there have actually been quite a few crimes committed in the name of somebody being a werewolf. Some of them we could actually turn into a real podcast and some of them are just hilarious and just funny. <laughs> and and I've, so I've is
1: there like a there like a psychological name for people who
0: believe they're a werewolf actually yes now that you write, uh, brought it up lycanthropy
1: oh oh lycanthropy okay.
0: yeah lycanthropy uh, sorry
1: tropy?
0: yeah um l-y-c-a-n-t-h-r-o-p-y lycanthropy lycanthropy i don't know I could probably pull it up, but I'm too lazy to right now. But lycanthropy is is the supernatural transformation of a person into a werewolf, as recounted in many folktales. Okay. That is the definition for it, because I actually had to look that up.
1: I wonder if that's where the saying, uh, on a full moon, all the crazies come out.
0: (laughs) Well, I think I think a lot of what that actually has to do with is because um, full moons were always. No, actually, damn it, that's no. You're you're 100 correct. That is actually, I think that is actually literally why. Let me see if I can go ahead and get uh, the pronunciation of it. Let's stand by. Lycanthropy. Yo. There we go. I, stand by. Be quiet for two seconds. I'm gonna let the I'm gonna let the audience listen in. Lycanthropy. There we go. That is the actual pronunciation. Lycanthropy. So we're both kind of right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So for those of you who aren't listening, um, the way that uh, Tara and I do these these video calls is I call her on Facebook, basically. And I have this nifty little computer set up. And if you guys are interested, hit me up and I'll do a video of how I actually record all these podcasts between me and Tara. But I have it set up to where it records audio coming from the computer she can't hear what my computer is doing, which is why you guys can hear stuff. If she messages me or if I play any messages on my soundboard, you guys can hear it because that's the way it's set up. Unfortunately, I haven't figured out the little ins and outs to make it so that sh- way she can hear. Um, it, it gets, it, it's a little bit more complicated. It's above my pay grade. So I, I'm going to stick with what I know, <laughs> but um So I will be talking, there are some like real serious ones, like legit ones that we could do later and probably ones that we will do later on here. And then there are just some dumb ones. There are some absolute just dumb ones. Um, For starters, there was actually a killer who went by the name of the werewolf of Wisteria. Do you know who this might be?
1: Oh, I've come across it before. Excuse me. But it's escaping my memory at this point in time.
0: Albert Fish. No, Albert Fish. Really? Yeah, that was one of his uh, three nicknames that he had. Was the Werewolf of Wisteria, Uh the Brooklyn Vampire, the Boogeyman, or the Werewolf of Wisteria? Those were his actual three um, three nicknames. It one of the, one of the things that they reported on him is that on full moons he'd eat raw meat. Like that's really kind of the only <laughs> that's. <laughs>
1: All right. All right. Yeah. Like a Catholic eating fish on Friday. Got
0: it. Yeah. So, so he'd <laughs> eat raw meat on, uh, there wasn't there. I didn't want to dive too deep on a lot of these just because I know that some of them are, you know, like, like Albert fish. We, we could do a whole actual high thing.
1: profile.
0: Yeah. We could do a whole, whole one on him. Ooh. Uh, that was really the only kind of like, uh, I mean, he was a cannibal too. Which is which is one of the other things that they talked about. But really there was nothing else other than just his nickname, the werewolf of Westeria, that I, I really could find without diving too deep into him to you know so I wanted to save it for the podcast. All right. Fair enough. Then there was the werewolf of Shallons, who who is so evil that they actually tried to erase him from history yeah, uh, his uh, his crimes were so, and this was coming from the research that I found his crimes were so heinous that officials wanted to completely erase him from the history books um, because it was he was so demented. Uh, and they don't actually know his real name. So his real name actually has been lost to time.
1: Well you know what? Thank you Google, for kind of bringing it back.
0: Yeah. Uh, some officials uh, try; uh, they try to erase the history, but a lot of there, there's a lot of kind of it, it's, it's kind of like Jack the Ripper, where there's a lot of context clues, um, and and I guess they, they've kind of put them together. He would lure kids to his shop in Paris, torture, kill, and then eat them, and then he's said to have uh, lured and stalked his enemies by transforming into a wolf and following them through the woods at night.
1: Uh, okay. Is there a is there like a, a an era or a time frame in history when this supposedly occurred?
0: Um, I think this one was a little bit earlier on in history. Um, I'm not. I didn't actually get that. F- like, cause with a lot of the with a lot of the research that I was trying to tie it to, I really wasn't going too in depth with it. Just in case we would come okay. across, just in case we would come across a lot of stuff. Um.
1: Well, I, I ask because a response like that, you know, oh, he transforms to a wolf know. and follows people. It it strikes me as you know, real real kind of oh, pre Victorian era, you know, scared bunny rabbit kind of thing.
0: Yeah, um, I, and and this was this was uh, this is just a, a quick article that I was looking at. And and like I said, I was I was trying not to dive too deep into a lot of stuff here. Uh, apparently, it was 1958. The the town of Chalons in Champagne, in the Champagne region of France. I actually just watched a wine documentary last night. Uh, a wine documentary <laughs> about Champagne, France, where they make wine. Champagne. <laughs> That's. They're actually one of the only places that can actually claim legally in, like, that region of the country or of the world that their shit is champagne. Damn it. I was trying not to swear on this one. I was really trying not to swear on this oh, one.
1: Oh, <laughs> fuck. You screwed that shit up.
0: <laughs> well, I thank you for recovering from me there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this was like this. It was the 1600s is when that happened.
1: Okay, so yeah, it it does sound like that whole you know foreboding. Don't go walking through the woods at night, kind of thing. Stay close to home. Don't leave at night.
0: Yeah, definitely don't do this. Don't do that. So it was it was definitely one of those things where it, it and some a lot of these are actually earlier. Vict- there, there's one in 2010 that we'll hit on, um, but the other ones are very very early on in, in history and stuff like that. So,
1: okay. So really, really tracing the old folklore type stuff.
0: Yeah. I I thought I'd, I I thought I'd keep it more appropriate with, with the folklore and stuff like that. Just because if we're, (laughs) if we're going to do folklore and we're going to talk about werewolves, what better thing than to actually just talk about the old school stuff? You know what I mean?
1: Oh, I appreciate that. Being able to tie supernatural in that's, (laughs) I think that's pretty nifty. That comes down to that pop culture thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I I wanted to, I wanted to keep a little bit of fun in here. I I do actually have a picture for you that once we post the Facebook up, once we post the Facebook stuff up, uh, we're going to let it, I'm going to post it for a day or two, let it be up. And then once you guys have listened to a a couple of them, I'm going to go ahead and link, uh, some of the pictures here, um, to what they kind of, what a skinwalker looked like. And then just because I have to show this picture, it, it is, it's absolutely fantastic for one of the other people we're about to talk about. Um, so there's uh, some French serial killers, actually, in this, too. A gentleman by the name of Pierre Boga, and Michael Verdun uh, were actually French serial killers who claimed to be werewolves. And uh, to say that their stories involved a very Dungeon and Dragons-esque kind of backstory it it the the whole like, i don't i didn't want to cut it it sounds so Dungeons and dragons back lore story for why your character is the way they are it's not even funny like the dude's like oh, i met with some warlocks i was in you know i had three random strangers convert me to this thing and i did this and then i met warlocks and i turned pierre Braga into it's like dude you like ripped that from dungeons and dragons before tnd was a thing oh man <laughs> uh they did confess to their crimes and they were actually burned at the stake um well, they ca- like burned at the stake yeah they were burned at the stake Whew. they they uh if I remember yeah if I remember correctly they basically said yes uh we killed and ate this little girl and then they were burned at the stake oh my god so not really a serial killer but you know they but they both claim to be werewolves. They look sicko. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's another guy by the name of Manuel Blanco Romastanta, Ram- who states that he was cursed with lycanthropy. Um, and like I said, or for people who had to look up the damn word like I did, a supernatural transformation of, of a person into a werewolf, as recounted in many folk tales. they... You know, he just he was he's another kind of more semi famous serial killer that, you know, says that he was cursed with it. And that's why he Ooh. did what he did.
1: All right. Guess he shouldn't have gone to that gypsy camp.
0: No. All right. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna send oh damn it. Uh oh, you biscuits and gravy. Where's it at? Uh, here we go. All right. So our next person, and this is actually from two thousand and ten in Texas. I'm gonna send you a photo. Let me know when you let me know when you got it. Oh, yeah, no, I want you to open that. Okay, well we'll send it twice. All right. Oh. Oh yeah.
1: well, looks like little emo kid. Look at Oh, ain't he cute. She. Well, who can tell these
0: days? <laughs> so uh the, the the lady the the lady that you're looking at her werewolf name is Wolfie Blackheart. And she was part really of the original. Yeah, she was part <laughs> of a wolf pack from Texas in 2010. And she basically decapitated a dog and ate its head or some shit like that. Oh. Oh. All right. Yeah. All right. Um
1: well. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I her parents are real proud
0: her uh, parents actually couldn't believe it. She's such a good kid. Yeah, if, when you guys take a look at the photos that I'm posting up, she just she is straight straight out of the book email. She's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. And then we have uh, we have a gentleman. And and this is the fi- the final one that I could this is just the final Lightheart kind of story that I wanted to tie in. So it's not all deep and dark and you know, massive. Uh, so back in 1691, 1691, there was an older gentleman by the name of Thies of Burn, who was Burn bo- who was actually 80 years old at this time, was accused of being a werewolf by his namers. The authorities took basically one look at the old man and was like, yeah, whatever, no big deal. And I actually did a little bit of research on this because I got a little bored. If you were 80 back in like 1690, that was a pretty big fucking deal. Um, you good sir, you are unnaturally old. Yeah. Uh, the, the reason why it was a big deal is because the lifespan was, was typically 35 to, 40, 35 to 45 years old. Uh, according to the mini research inside this mini research, it's like a fifth wall break there for you guys keeping track. Uh, but basically, the reason why the life expectancy was so low was, well, number one, poor hygiene, and then a very high mortality rate because of in- infan- infancy death. So, I mean, when you kind of take all that into consideration, poor hygiene, a lot of you know infants dying at childbirth, that's really going to bring the numbers down. But even back in the you know, 1690s, like it's, a big feat for, it's a big feat for people nowadays to reach like 80, 90 years old. Just imagine what a big feat that was back in the 1690s to be 80 years old. You know, this was centuries ago. So he was actually brought in for questioning on a completely unrelated matter by the police to something else. And basically just decided to confess that back like 10 years earlier in his 70s, he and a few other human beings would transform into werewolves, roam the countryside, killing and eating animals. He also stated that werewolves were hounds of God and meant to do battle in hell with witches and devils to get back things that humans and mortals had lost. Uh, he was exiled after he revealed that he actually practiced folk magic and being a self-proclaimed uh, werewolf. <laughs> the thing that I love about this story here is, well, and no other records actually exist about his exile, but I love how they had to sprinkle in that he was exiled after it was revealed that he, he dabbled in folk magic like the dude's 80 years old and just rambling on about how he's a vampire fighting, killing and fighting in hell with witches and devils. And like, okay, old man, no big deal. And then he's like, I practice folk magic too. And they're like, okay, you need to leave now. <laughs> I, uh, I,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around that one. Just because I have a lot of friends who uh, are wicked. So for me, that's just, eh. But if somebody were to tell me they thought they were a werewolf, it'd be like, fucking
0: lunatic.
1: Well, I, I... So I see it absolutely opposite.
0: <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it, the, the thing that I find weird is that they're, they 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 are like tolerating this old man talking about how he's running around as a werewolf in his seventies with other human beings that turn into werewolf running around the killing running around killing animals, fighting witches and devils in hell. This is the seventeen hundreds. This this is like when hell and demons and shit like that were still like a a big no no. And then, like, they they, yeah. to, they tolerate that. Like, out of all things, they're just like, yeah, whatever, he's an old motherfucker. No big deal. And then he's like, I practice folk magic, too. And they're like, okay, that's just, the, and that's the, that's what broke the camel's back. Not that he's an old fucking man telling you I turn into werewolves and shit like that. <laughs> I mix a little bit of herbs together and chant some shit in the middle of the night. Okay, old man, that's it. You're you're done.
1: <laughs> We're drawing the line in the sand right here. I just, I <laughs>
0: I, I just think it's so dumb because they had to sprinkle in that yeah, he confessed to folk magic too. I just i I don't know I can't ra- it's it's so dumb it, like <laughs> <I> just, <laughs>
1: that's freaking hilarious not gonna that is hilarious that that's what they worried about
0: yeah that's that's what they worried about <laughs> so yeah, that's Oh, uh, right that that's how that's how some werewolves tie into some serial killers and I I know that you're going to want to hit on Albert Fish because you're right. He is a very, very big pun intended fish in in the serial killer game too. So
1: he's a big fish in the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a bad dad joke. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, couldn't resist.
0: That's all good. Dad jokes. Dad jokes. Blah, 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 blah. Fuck words are so hard sometimes.
1: I'm making up for having absolutely no win in Russia type (laughs) jokes in the last podcast. I'm making up for it now.
0: Well, that's not. That's not. Well, how are you supposed to come up with with those jokes when literally there's there's we're talking. You can't come up with funny when we're talking about some dude stabbing and killing motherfuckers, Uh, like kids too. Like that, that. If he's killing adults, okay, maybe, but. <laughs> you had a good run, sir, but the children. <laughs> yeah, when in Russia, the knife stabs you as a kid. <laughs> it's like ah, uh, it's a little dark there.
1: That was bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Ooh, ooh, too far, Bambi, too far. Well, that's that.
0: That's why I made the joke because it's like, if, you know, if you're like, ooh, yeah, you, you drink the vodka, and yeah, the knife stabs you instead. Okay, you it, You're an adult. That's kind of what happens to you. That's kind of what happens in adulthood, but not the kids, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I draw the line at children and dogs.
0: (laughs) Well, everybody, that's been one of the little mini podcasts. We're we're trying to keep them about 20 minutes or 20 to 30 minutes, and we're right at that 27-minute mark. Uh, We hope you like the format. And uh, if you like the format, we'll we'll keep doing it this way for the little minis. Is I mean, is that kosher with Tara?
1: Yes. Next time's my turn though.
0: You want to give them a hint at what we're going to learn about or is it a secret?
1: Oh. Are you going to oh, have some secrets in my uh... chamber?
0: <laughs> Think of the Harry Potter book uh the the, the Oh god, what is it?
1: Uh, no, I don't want to play with your sorcerer stones. <laughs> oh, I can. Oh, oh, I can roll on this. No, um, I, I guess they, uh, oh, uh, you know, there's really no hint that I can give that wouldn't completely give it away. So you know what? I'm gonna have to disappoint and hold back this time.
0: Well, you heard it, fuckers. She's not telling us shit. <laughs> All right, this is Bambi signing off for the day. You guys have a good one.
1: (laughs) Bye-bye.